Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerboth. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. For today's podcast, we're going to take a look at why home birth. Yes, so many reasons why home birth. So uh, as you know, we're both home birth midwives, and we feel pretty strongly about this. And Mm -hmm. we thought that we would just cover some of our favorite things about home birth and reasons that we know our clients are choosing home birth. Right. So um, what is the first thing on your list? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I didn't, like, put it in order of priority. That's okay. <laughs> There's That's so many right. things. I, my list is large. Uh, I am going to go with the continuity of care, which is kind of a more clinical one, I guess. But it's, um, I mean, basically what I mean by that is that you're seeing the same midwife or midwives in our situation um, through your whole pregnancy, through your birth and through the postpartum period um, without bouncing around to different practitioners. And, right. and so, um, you know, we build this relationship and it's, um, you know, a really nice, comfortable fit by the end of pregnancy. Right. <clears throat> we really have a chance to develop trust yes. over the course of mm-hmm. care. Yes. Um, and other midwife practices, you know, maybe have continuity in the sense that you have the same prenatal providers that you do for your birth, but right. you might not necessarily have that kind of one-on-one or one-on-two care yes. that you get in that home birth right. setting. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's really a really important piece of the midwife's model of care, honestly. Definitely. So, good. Um, I am going to talk about, hmm, there's so many things. I know, it's just <laughs> um, big. I want to talk a little bit about the microbiome. So, I keep bringing this up. Over yes, and over again. You're just going to dive into the microbiome. <laughs> Let's just hit the microbiome. <laughs> oh, I dropped my references on my screen. But um, there's actually been some recent studies that have shown that babies born at home have a better uh, microbiota or colonization, like a mm-hmm. co- the complement of probiotics in their yes. system is, is uh, advantageous. Right. Well, I mean, we were talking about before we started recording that, you know, um, Back when I started working as a student um, almost 20 years ago, um, we would say something to the effect of the the germs in your own house or germs right. that you're, you're used to, that your body knows, and so they're not right. harmful to you in the same way as some other organisms you might encounter in a hospital environment would be, um, you know, they would affect you in a different way. Right. And, um, and so now there's just all this like, uh, nice scientific language to discuss that. (laughs) And to support that, to kind of back that up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the pathogens that are in the hospital can be pretty insidious. I mean, you can have, um, you know, methicillin resistant staff, you can have, um, all kinds of really really scary stuff lives in the hospital (laughs) right so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know uh, infested that you get into the labor room and you're going to become um, exposed to all of these things but right but they are there that's that stuff happens in the hospital right um so this one study showed that um 
and and of course we've talked about this with breastfeeding too but the babies born at home had this preferential colonization and then my favorite thing about this study the conclusions of the study are like so we need to think about how we can make the hospital environment uh. <laughs> closer <laughs> to the home birth environment without kind of That's backing hilarious. up and saying wait a minute maybe the hospital isn't the best place for this colonization to occur right how, so. how would how would we do that? It's insane. That it's not going to happen. so interesting. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and so, like, I would say even though you uh, won't necessarily be exposed to some of the kind of more, um, I don't know what the word is, like the the more dangerous pathogens in the hospital, if you had, say, a birth center birth, it's still mm-hmm. not your bacteria, which is what you were talking about, that that was one of the... Right. Not the things that you're already accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, the only way they could do that is if they could somehow colonize your hospital room with your bacteria. So I'm not really sure how we would do that. That sounds challenging. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's kind of an interesting, like, you're not going to be able to do that. So... Um, and birth isn't a sterile process. You know, I mean, we take right. a lot of care to be aseptic and to not sure. spread our germs to you and to not. And there are certain things that do need to be done yes. in a sterile way. Yes. But in general, you're right. It's not a sterile. Right. Birth isn't sterile. So yeah. remembering that we need the good bacteria exposure is right. It's a good one. So, yeah, what else do you have on your list? Um, One thing I really love is the expanded postpartum Mm -hmm. care. Uh, So, you know, it goes along with the continuity of care again, you know, that we um, follow the mom for six weeks after the birth and um, see her five times or so. Uh, But we're also seeing the baby. So Mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, they're kind of a unit um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the postpartum care. So every visit, we're seeing both of them. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, making sure that 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 new relationship uh, is working Mm -hmm. and that baby's growing. And um, I feel like we can keep a close eye on um, things that are going on with the mother's uh, mental state. Um, I mean, I think... I think postpartum, I mean, it's it's such a hot topic of conversation right now. So it's clearly not just me that thinks this. I think it, postpartum is a time that we are not paying enough attention mm-hmm. to at mm-hmm. all. And Definitely. so, you know, people need more support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wish we could do more sometimes. Like Definitely. The, you know, the, some yeah. of the Scandinavian and Northern European models are that they have yes. somebody coming to the house every day. Yes. But um, I mean, and we simply can't no. do it. But I, I love the idea of, uh, you know, postpartum doulas and. Right. And I you mean, don't necessarily need your provider every day, but no, you need support. Somebody. Every day. I mean, if we had better family support, I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. There's just, oh my gosh. And I think we in need to Denver, talk about that too in a different <laughs> In another <laughs> different podcast. Day. But I was going to say in Denver, I think we're particularly transient there's a lot of people that move in and out yes and so um many people don't have lots of people don't have family extended Mm -hmm. family yeah so it's a challenge for sure i definitely think this is one of the most most compelling things about home birth in that you're much less disrupted so i know you and i usually feel pretty good about um, if everything's normal sending the family into the pediatrician at about a week right. so that that whole first week 
in the absence of anything happening, right? you get to be home snuggling your baby and learning yes. how to breastfeed and learning to read your baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really, I think, yeah, so much nicer. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many reasons why that's nice. And um, especially in the winter when mm-hmm. we've got flu season mm-hmm. and it's cold and, you know, not taking the baby out into the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's always been so annoying to me as a young mother when when all the grannies would say why do you have that baby out here and you know it's too small. now you get it and now i'm like i am the granny i am actually not a granny that is nothing that either of us want to happen right now yeah, it's too soon too soon um and also it kind of going along with the same one is um you know in those hours after the birth, not the immediate hours, but, mm-hmm. you know, that first day of birth after Definitely. the team leaves, is so nice to be in your bed and comfortable and no beeping and people not bugging you. And, yes, you know, I tell a peaceful. story. It sounds really inappropriate, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that I was in the hospital with my first and I had finally fallen asleep. And people, if you remember that first birth story... We are talking days of not sleeping. Right. I had finally fallen asleep. Everything was quiet. And the nurse comes in to check my bleeding and my sutures and all of that. And right. she checks my bottom while I'm asleep, which oh, was my goodness. super violating. And I'm what? pretty sure this doesn't happen today. I just want to caveat this is not something to expect if you're planning a hospital right. birth today. But I think she didn't want to bother me. But in the end, it was really weird to have someone checking my pad and stuff while I was asleep. Yeah. It was bizarre. That is really weird. But now that you say it, I do clearly remember um, the experience of having been up all night and trying to sleep and having the light turned on over and over again to check my fundus. Yes. You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to sleep here. I'm just trying to sleep. and. And um, we can check your fundus in the dark. Just, it, you know, yeah. if we're still there and it needs to be checked. We don't, we don't need turn to turn on all the, the bells light. and whistles yes. and lights. And, yeah. <laughs> and we do give, just to, you know, clarify, we do give a lot of instructions for how to help yourself, how to Definitely. check your own fundus. And yeah, I mean, so much of the whole picture of care from beginning of pregnancy to postpartum is knowing your own body and Mm -hmm. being, you know, we like to use the word um, partner in your care and all of that. Um, So yes, we want you to know where your fundus should be and what your bleeding should look like. We give you a lot of instructions about (laughs) what to look for and what's normal and when to call Mm -hmm. us if it's not normal. Yes. So yeah. So So just being left alone. Oh, and, and babies usually take a big, long sleep, you know, yes. Starting about four hours after birth. They right. will sometimes sleep for six hours that first day. Right. That is your gift. That is your chance yes. to take a nap. <laughs> and you should take advantage you should of that. Take advantage of that. It's much easier to do that at home for sure. Um, so one thing I love about home birth is the fact that you can almost always choose all the people that are mm-hmm. at your birth. You know, so you're gonna know all of us. You know, there's the remote possibility that we might have to call another midwife in or something if one of us is ill or something. But we make a large effort for you Mm -hmm. to meet our backup midwife Mm -hmm. and um, that kind of thing. And so um, so you know who your care staff is Mm -hmm. and you also get to choose 
what members of your family are there, um, if you want friends, neighbors, whoever it is, you know, obviously not like a, you know, baseball team in your bedroom, <laughs> but the point is you can, you can choose and mm-hmm. be comfortable. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's really nice. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to <clears throat> the idea that, well, this is actually one thing I was going to mention is that the, um, the power dynamics are different at home birth than they are in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So in the hospital, you're going into somebody else's space where they have kind of a power um, differential. You know, there's more, everything's kind of on the terms of the hospital staff. With, of course, we've talked about shared decision-making. You can engage in in talking about what choices you want to make and what care you want. Mm -hmm. But it's still, you're in their space right and you're kind of playing by their rules unless you advocate differently for yourself right and it's just not um it's just not a place where people where a lot of people feel powerful so so even if it's just a a matter of how you feel in the situation um you know you you it's not something you're you're familiar right. with it's an unknown environment and while you can advocate for yourself mm-hmm. it's really hard to advocate for yourself when you're vulnerable and in pain and there's big words there's yeah there's a lot there's, of information coming at you because there is an imbalance of knowledge as well True. and mm-hmm. so it's i mean unless you have also gone to medical school and all this stuff there's always going to be that imbalance mm-hmm. of experience and knowledge and um that feels really intimidating, even mm-hmm. though that should not mean well, that you are uninformed I about your situation. I've heard I've had physicians say to me, I didn't feel knowledgeable enough about this area exactly. of expertise. Because there's so many facets there's so of medicine. many things. Yes, yes. So So it's not yes. really about education. We have really highly educated clients, but Absolutely. it's about this is Experience. this is what they're talking about every day, what they're yeah, doing every the day. And this is a once in a comfort. lifetime. Yes. Yeah. So definitely. But when we're coming into your home, we're guests in Mm -hmm. your space. And so that Mm -hmm. power is totally, totally different. You are the person in control at your birth in a home birth setting. Right. So it's your turf. And we're there on your invitation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And um, that's different. That's a completely different dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's. That's another one I really like. What else for so you? So here's a funny one, um, but it's actually, it's totally true, you guys. Um, <laughs> so we have had several clients that have come to us after they have had what's called a precipitous birth, and um, they had had their babies in the car on the way to the hospital or birth center or on their bathroom floor. You couldn't even get out the door. Before they could get out the <laughs> yes. door, you know, and so then they decided to have a home birth the next time yeah. so that they didn't have to go anywhere. And, and so um, even though it sounds like those stories are really rare, and they, and they probably are. I They're mean, we've seen rare. them lots of times. And, and so I think it could be argued that it's nice to – to mm-hmm. not have to make that decision about when to leave your mm-hmm. house and and uh, we have to come to you. We have to make those mm-hmm. decisions with you to to get 
us to your place mm-hmm. at the right time. And yes. and while we may occasionally <laughs> miss a birth, and yeah, we I mean, have, sometimes those same people go really fast. Yes, in, even but, if they're planning a home birth. But, but it's, it's better to have your midwife on the yes. way to you rather than to be on the side of and the And they've road. got all their supplies, mm-hmm. and they've got their midwife on the phone. And, and we've talked about it. Yes, we've helped we've, you make a plan. We've, we always walk through yes. emergency birth yes. with them. And, you know, yeah, so it's a, it's a different. I agree different foundation and I would say although I don't think we have enough data to absolutely prove this but I would say it's probably safer too I think having those car births and roadside births are probably the least safe I mean it seems like kind of in vogue right now to have those social media videos of the my gosh the dad is like videoing while they're driving driving and videotaping her it makes me so upset every time i see it i can't even please pull over i know and safely i know what the heck i just i can't (laughs) talk about screaming at the tv (laughs) that's how i I feel when i watch this like seriously that is unsafe on so many levels these people safe for goodness sake it's just like who cares about social media and texting i mean it's like that's worse than texting Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's so bad. I know. And this poor birthing person is sitting there yes. on the passenger seat with her pants up half the time. I know. It's and just so the poor child is coming out in the all pants. tangled up. Oh, I know. Come on, you I guys. <laughs> so let's actually transition that into no traveling and labor or right after the birth. Well, yes. So just in general. Just getting to stay home. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing about that ride to the hospital is like every single Mm -hmm. bump is like a pothole. Yes. Every little thing, you feel it exquisitely. It's horrible. Yes. So just, I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, because when I arrived at the hospital, you know, thinking as so many first time moms do that that you're like much farther along than you actually are right Mm -hmm. um I think I was I think I was four when I got to the hospital you know so typical right that's pretty good (laughs) and I I got sent home oh (laughs) (laughs) the first time and I thought oh it's so miserable you know I can't and now I think how do they do it if they're seven centimeters or eight centimeters that just oh my gosh I got oh sent gosh. home the first time. I, they didn't tell me. I was mm-hmm. probably nothing. <laughs> I was probably one. Oh, no. <laughs> they didn't got, even want to say no, it. <laughs> because I didn't even have the baby for like three days. So I was probably nothing. I'm just going to say. And then I, when I did finally go back in, I was like really uncomfortable. But it was still pretty manageable until I was in the car. And then once I was in yeah. the car, I was just. You just can't get into yeah. a comfortable position. Yeah, and then I got there and I was sick. So I mean, I was making good progress by the time I got yeah. there, but it yeah. was it was uh, not a comfortable ride. And then I think that, you know, on the flip side, when you're done and you're postpartum, mm-hmm. again, being able to get tucked into bed and not go anywhere rather than needing to leave. Um, so this isn't so much hospital. Hospitals usually discharge you between 24 and 48 hours, but right. birth centers often discharge early, right? Like four five, six hours mm-hmm. is not unusual. And um, I don't know if you remember that po- point where I said you can get this big, long nap, but yes. um, that's kind of right right in the middle of when right. you would want to be getting some sleep usually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's it's flipped a little bit because there's all these things you have to worry about when you're discharging from a hospital or a birth center like the car seat 
mm-hmm, thing. Like they mm-hmm. have to come out and look and see if the car seat's right. And we kind of do that a little bit too. We don't necessarily check the car seat, but we do want to make sure people have it installed mm-hmm. in case they need it unexpectedly and all of this stuff. But so. we go over that in pregnancy at 36 right. weeks, not after, not the, after birth. the birth. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so there's just, I don't know, it's just more relaxed, which is, really what I love about home birth the most and it's it's stuff we've already covered but it's just it's like what we talked about in breastfeeding too it's just easy it's the it's the easiest way to do it in my opinion Mm -hmm. it's just like Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about all these things going anywhere before Mm -hmm. going anywhere after I um I just can be like I said in the first um in the first podcast we did it's like having a normal day mm-hmm. but you also go into labor and you have this have a baby. <laughs> fabulous experience and your new baby is yeah born into your arms and you you know so it's a regular wonderful day but it's but you can it was then, part of your daily life yeah you can yeah. just go back to your normal life you know hopefully with a lot of postpartum rest and recover you, bringing you food <laughs> and you know yeah. but you don't have to you can be with your children you can watch your shows you Mm -hmm. can eat your food like Mm -hmm. food is super important to me so I (laughs) want to have my snacks available it is important (laughs) to her I can attest to that (laughs) and your other things your pillows I mean pillows are important to me pillows cushy blankets and it's not like like I can just take my pillow to the hospital like I have my pillow set up I have my pillow for lounging and my pillows for sleeping and it's creature comforts and I don't know. It seems kind of silly, but it's totally not. Like you just, you have all of the things mm-hmm. you need at your fingertips and you mm-hmm. may not know the things that you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And so. And so then you can get them when you want them. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say something about food delivery services too, but you know, if you're, it's easy yes. to, you can do that in the hospital, but it's, it's just sort of at home, it's easy to get the things that you need, even right. if you don't have them right there. Right. It's just, everything's just accessible and comfortable. Yes, exactly. So one of my favorite home birth quotes is Dave Math- Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews Band. Oh. He said, we had a home birth. Or no, what did he say? He said, uh, he was born at home, which was great because I knew where the beer was. <laughs> so it's a really, it's, it's a quote that basically summarizes that whole point. <laughs> so should we talk about the baby's experience? Sure. Okay. Um, I mean... I can only imagine how nice it is for a newborn baby to not have to be separated right. from their mother after the birth. And, you know, so many hospitals are doing a much better job at that. And they, you know, they have the bedside bassinet and they don't take the baby out of the room a lot of the time. I mean, it's certainly not universal. But, it's definitely you know, improving. Yeah, there's baby friendly designations. And I mean, so things are getting better and better and better. And then um, the birth center model, of course, um, does a good job at it. Um, you know, there's just like that drive home piece mm-hmm. there. But um, yeah, so it just must be really nice to just go up on your mom's chest and just be able to stay mm-hmm. there. I mean, there's not really a reason to, to mm-hmm. do anything different. And we often, you mm-hmm. know, we'll be at the birth and somebody, some well-being person, maybe the partner or the mm-hmm. grandmother or somebody yeah. will say, well, do you want us to turn on some lights so you can see? And we really don't. No. We really want it to be 
as right. comfortable and cozy and dark not dark dark but you know right we want we need a, we need a minimal amount of lighting <laughs> when we're doing the newborn exam yes and things like that but but it doesn't have to be what and you we think have ways we be. have yeah. flashlights and we shield the baby's eyes and yeah you know we try to do things without having to mm-hmm. like disrupt the whole entire yeah room and environment right and the newborn exam is done um, not very quickly after the birth, maybe mm-hmm. an hour or so after the birth, um, with the exception of uh, the, the quick little checks we oh, do yeah, to yeah. make sure mm-hmm. that the baby's color is good and the heart rate is good. You know, so we're checking baby on um, on mom's chest, but we uh, don't do that head to toe exam mm-hmm. for a little while, so that um, until there's kind of a natural yeah, pause, so that nursing is established mm-hmm. and and um, you know it seems like the right time to do it unobtrusively. Mm-hmm. And then it's done right there on the bed next to mm-hmm. mom. And it's, you know, so it's just not, we try to keep the interruption to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, as we've talked about multiple times, you know, having that uninterrupted skin to skin contact, having mm-hmm. the, um, the, the kind of allowing the baby to find the breast, allowing the, right. the mom to initiate breastfeeding, all of those things really set the stage for success, too. Right. It's, we're much less likely to have big disruptions. And sometimes we do have hiccups, but sure. going back to skin to skin, going to um, kind of that evolutionary biological kind of right. approach really... Um, can help repair any bumps that happened right. along the Right. I mean, too. just like with every pregnancy, the, you know, every journey out of this birth is going to be a little bit individual. Right. So. Right. right. So, yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, we still offer pretty much everything that's offered in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We still offer vitamin K. Right. We still offer eye prophylaxis. Um, we don't offer any vaccinations that's out of our scope of care. So right. that's usually something people go to the pediatrician for if mm-hmm. they want to do that. But um, but we do still offer the standard of care. We just try to do it in as unobtrusive way exactly. as possible. And many people decline some of the mm-hmm. um, things that we offer too. So that's um, again, a personal decision and yeah. something that we'll talk about extensively in your care. Right. But we try not to just take the baby away and lay the baby down in a bassinet and give the baby a shot and yeah. kind of do all of these really jolting, scary things for the baby all at one time. Yeah, I mean, you just picture what what the baby's life was like inside the yeah. womb and just imagine what it is like to have that difference occur. To be cold for the first time. To be time. cold and alone. and that Hungry, um, to feel hunger. To feel hungry. They've never been hungry. No. You know, and so, um, you know, as much as, as um, oh man, it's upsetting just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> as much as, as much as we can, we want to, to help the baby to feel just as secure as they mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. security, that's a good word yeah. for that. Yeah, I think it really... It really sets the stage for mm-hmm. helping this little person get started. Yes. Um, the other thing that I have is that home lends itself to a more private and intimate yes. experience. It's um, so birthing. I think we're going to do another podcast soon about the chemical process of birth, mm-hmm. um, where we talk about the hormones of labor. Well, even pregnancy, labor, and postpartum, and how they all interplay, it's very, very easy to disrupt those processes. Yes. So if somebody doesn't feel um, comfortable, doesn't feel secure themselves, doesn't Mm -hmm. feel or or feels um, 
rushed or pressured or observed or, you know, if somebody is not feeling safe and comfortable, they are not likely to surrender to the process that allows those hormonal things to happen. And so we can have a disruption in a physical process that's based on, um, like, psychological well-being. Right. And that's a pretty big deal. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's such a big topic. Yeah. So, you know, one thing we know is, like, adrenaline. Of course, there's always adrenaline at the end of the labor as Mm -hmm. the baby's, you know, being born. But adrenaline early in labor is not good for the process of labor. We want to keep it calm and safe and have um, privacy. And and birth is one of the most intimate things you're ever going to do. Mm -hmm. You're vulnerable and you're exposed. Right. And being with people that you feel safe and comfortable with and being in an environment that's safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. is really going to actually usually um, help the process unfold more. Right, exactly. I, ideally, or not even ideally, but normally. Right. It, normally is yeah. the word. I mean, like you picture the the mama cat going yes. and giving birth in yes. the closet, you know, so that she can have privacy. And that's, I mean, it's just so your body can work. And humans are like that. Yes. They are like that. They, and we see it yeah, a lot. They're den birthers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think sometimes, like, even though people may or may not be into water birth, I think that's one of the things about the birth tub that works really well is that. Mm. I think that the birthing person feels really oh, interesting. like cocooned yeah. in the birth tub. I think that's part of what it works well. well that's a great what idea. Makes it work yeah. Well. yeah. I bet that's true. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Oh, there's so many things, but I think we're probably we're run, getting close running to, out of space. Getting here. close to 30 minutes. I mean, one thing I wanted to mention is that there's all sorts of reasons that, that people choose home birth. Yes. And I mean, from just having autonomy, like we've talked about, um, maybe they've had experiences in their life that yes. that um, prior to this that led them to this decision. Um, you know, there's all sorts of um, things going on in the world right now about um, how people are treated in labor, and you know, it's all really mm-hmm. important reading that people should do. Obstetrical violence yes, is real. Exactly. Birth trauma is real. Exactly. I mean, we should have rights over our bodies, of course, mm-hmm. even in birth, especially mm-hmm. in birth, especially perhaps. In birth. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's um, why this why this has been overlooked for so long. Mm-hmm. It's like this is still this mm-hmm. is still my body. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. and and home birth mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're that you're um, separating yourself from having care. In fact, it's, it's a, it's a different kind of care, but it's a much more attentive kind of care. We are really paying attention because we know you right at the point that you give birth. We're, we really do have a relationship, like you said. Yes. And that's part of what makes home birth awesome. So we are running a series on Instagram if you want to check it out and you are welcome to participate as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is just called Why Home Birth. Why Home Birth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's just people talking about why they chose home birth. And I think it's really interesting. I love reading them. So mm-hmm. I invite you to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to do that, you can email a picture and, a mm-hmm. you know, anything from a one sentence to one paragraph quote about why you chose to have a home birth. And we would love to feature you on our series. Yes. And it's so. at Metro Midwifery, just mm-hmm. like all of the rest of our social Mm-hmm. handles 
Um, or you can email to Gina at Metro Midwifery or yes. Nedra at Metro Midwifery, yes. too. Yes, perfect. Yeah, and check us out on the web, www.modmidwives.com, www.metromidwifery.com. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to our next podcast. We have an interview coming up yes. soon, speaking of birth trauma. Our first interview. Yeah, maternal, Woo. mental health, and birth trauma yes. will be coming up soon. So Excellent. Really, really important topics. Yes. Okay, all right. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next time. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.